I don't know why right now. I'm a little bit nervous recording this. Like, I'm just, uh, ah, background story or background. I'm sitting at home right now, not my home in New York City, not my apartment. I'm in my house that my mom moved to after my parents got divorced. What a great way to start my first ever podcast episode. I'm a little nervous. I don't know. I feel like there's a certain pressure right now to like make this entertaining, make this captivating because I'm not going to lie. I do listen to a lot of podcasts, but I also get really, really bored, I think. And also I'm like, "Mm, I should probably stop cussing as much because it's something that I get told a lot. (laughs) Anyways, this is just me talking to basically myself right now and to anybody listening. But uh, my name is Vanessa Nagoya. I'm actually 19 years old. Um, I'm lost in life, as are a lot of us, and that's totally okay, too. That's totally normal to not know what you're doing, especially, you know, around 19, 20, even 16. Oh, my God. I've High school is rough. This is called Here's My Heart, and yes, the spelling mistake is completely intended. I did the same thing when I moved into my first ever apartment with two of my YouTube friends, Melanie Locke and Ashley Wicca, and we created hi- Highlight Reel, I want to say, Yep, that was definitely it. I don't know why I'm doubting myself. And we said, welcome to our highlight reel, but it was R-E-A-L because I hate, oh my God, I have so much to talk about in this first episode. (laughs) I hate how fake and just curated things are online and it really plays a big role in our lives. Like I have a little outline for today's podcast because in, oh my God, as you can see, my brain jumps from one topic to another, but I hope that's entertaining for you guys so you never get bored. Um, and now I don't even remember what I was talking about. I've always been a person that feels a lot. And I can't go through those phases where I don't feel anything at all or I shut myself out from the world. Like, I don't get how people can do that because as a human, humans are made to feel. And I'm also, I think I overfeel if that's even a thing. I don't know. I overthink. I know that's definitely a thing. I overthink every single stupid thing in my entire life, my entire existence. It could have happened 10 years ago, and I'd be like, why did I do that? Why did that happen? What should I have done better? Did I lose a friend because of this? Would I be in a com- on a completely different path because of this? But honestly, overthinking kills you. Overthinking sucks, and I'm kind of on this kind of journey to stop overthinking as much. But anyways, back to the podcast. <laughs> Sorry. Um, I love talking. <laughs> I love talking on the phone. I love talking about my feelings. I could ramble on and on and on for hours, which hopefully I'm not doing right now. I've always wanted to share my experiences in life and how I feel because that is one beauty of the internet is the fact that, you know, I could be right here sitting in my childhood, not even my childhood, my mom's house in California, and you could be somewhere thousands of miles away and you could have found this podcast somewhere and you could have been like well I guess I'll give it a shot and you get to hear what I have to say and maybe it can completely help you with something that you're dealing with in life right now and also since I'm not in my apartment in New York City I don't have my mic I don't have anything which don't worry next episode it will be there this is just kind of like a trial run period um honestly I'm just chilling at the table right now talking (laughs) like I've always wanted to start a podcast I've wanted to do this for a long time Okay, you know what, guys? I'm going to cuss. I'm sorry, I cussed. So I'm just like, a, fuck it. Like, I'm going to start this podcast now. I feel like I wait a lot in life for the perfect time for things, but there's never going to be a perfect time for anything. You're always going to find a new excuse for why you can't do this or why this would be a perfect time, but something's going to come up. Plans are going to change, and I don't think you should wait for the perfect time in life. So 
I basically, I came up with this name, Here's My Heart, because I do have an Instagram account where I post a lot of my journal entries and a lot of you guys will send me submissions and we'll just talk. I'll share my journal entries. We will bond. It, I really, really open up on the that account in a way that I don't open up normally. I'm actually very scared <laughs> of opening up. I'm very scared of people and a lot of it's just past things that have hurt me and Another reason why I'm trying to make this is because I'm also trying to figure out my own life. I'm trying to figure out my own direction because I find that a lot of things in my past, I let them control my present, which then controls my future. And even though it's in the past, even though it does have an effect on who I am, I should not let it be the entirety of who I am, if that makes any sense at all. Like, I don't want to let my past experiences ruin all these great things that could happen to me and... I want to let it ruin my life. But I did ask you guys for some topics for me to cover on my first episode. And in future episodes, I do want to get friends on. I do want to get other creators online on. Online on? Does that even make sense? Like on this podcast because I find that when also it's someone that you really look up to. And maybe you follow someone because of their gaming content. Because of their recipes. I have to hiccup. Oh my god. You know, being vulnerable is hard, especially online. I have a great journal entry on this, but vulnerability is just really ripping yourself down to the core. And it's it's undressing all your layers. Someone gets to see you entirely as you are. There's no place to hide. And so when someone sees you raw, like in your purest form, just raw, and then they take a hit, like it hurts. It hurts more than if you were wearing a lot of protective layers. Let me tell you that. That's kind of the future of what I want to do with this podcast. So we do have a couple things I want to touch on. And in other episodes, I will go into depth about a lot of these topics. Because let me tell you, I have a lot of stories. Can you hear my dog walking? I love my dog. Okay. So the first one that came up was dating advice. And honestly, (laughs) I am not the most, you know, I'm not really, really reliable on this one. Like, I've dated four people in the past. Let me tell you this. I've dated four people in my past. The first one lasted three weeks. Well, actually, the first one was really interesting because he was the first boy I ever kissed. And then he kissed me and then told me that he wanted to be just friends. So I spent the next, like, four months heartbroken. And then four months later, he wanted to date. And then I dated him and broke up with him. But end of the story, three weeks was that that was the lifeline of that one. The second relationship I was in, uh, we started off actually as coworkers. And I think this was probably my most successful relationship because I started off as friends with them first. However, that also lasted only four months, and then I broke up with him as well. Uh, My third relationship was a toxic, very toxic relationship that sucked. And that one lasted, I want to say, a month and a half, and then I broke up with him again. (laughs) Um, Then my most recent ex, actually, we dated for a month and a half, and then I broke up with him again. So... I don't say it as like in a, oh, I'm the one that end things type of thing. I just genuinely think I have this problem where I will be so into somebody and then I'll wake up the next day and just be like, you know what? I don't want them. Like my biggest fear in dating is myself. I never want to date someone like myself who just one day wakes up and is like, mm, just kidding, you know? But I do think like my biggest heartbreaks though <laughs> came from people I never actually dated It always came from the, well, I wonder what it could have been. Or it's like, it's not that I don't want to date you. I just can't date you right now type of thing. And it creates this fantasy in my head that's like, oh, I'm getting text messages. (laughs) 
it, it just creates this fantasy in your head. Like, oh, they do like me. The feelings are reciprocated. And then, you know, I, it's tough. And this goes along with something else that someone asked me to talk about, which was heartbreak and moving on. And in my life, I've said, I love you to two different people. And in the moment, I thought I did. In the moment, I was just like, wow, my heart's experiencing all these butterflies. Wow, this is so great. I'm in love, you know? That was not love, sweetie. You knew him for like two weeks. You, <laughs> you did not love him. You did not know him well enough to love him. You know what I mean? Sorry, my voice be cracking. I think that love requires a lot. And I was, you guys need to read this book called All About Love by Bell Hooks. That book has taught me so much because I always thought that love was not a choice. I always thought that it was this butterfly feeling you get in your chest and it pains you not to say it to them. And that's how you know you're in love. But no, that's how you know you're in, like fatuated. That's how you know that you are just in the honeymoon phase. And while I do think it is possible to fall in love with someone fast, I think that you need to get to know this person also really fast. And you have to really get to know him. You know, not that surface level thing like, oh, I know their favorite boba drink. No. It's, to love someone, you have to know their worsts. You have to see them at their worst. You have to be with them at their worst. You have to see... When they don't want your love, when they don't want you to be there, you have to know how to commute. Like, you have to know how to work, I think, with what they're needing. And to be in love is a very scary feeling because you cannot be half in love. You cannot be half into something. Like, I don't know a better way to explain this, but you can't want them one day and not want them the next. You have to want them even when it's hard. So I've I've never loved anyone romantically in my life except one person. And this one was really unexpected. I'm not going to lie. I didn't even realize it, I think. But my dating advice, sorry, I'm jumping. But my dating advice is to date someone that you see as your best friend. Because I think that that's something in all my relationships that was a constant as a reason to why it failed. And also to make sure that you are very content in your own self. Because as much as a relationship is two people coming together and you are going to have to, at the end of the day, if it's a long term, you want this to last. At the end of the day, I think you will need to negotiate and give up some of your wants because they're going to give up some of their wants for you. Let's say this guy really, really likes going to the gym every day at 10 p.m. You know, he really loves going at 10 p.m. for some reason. 10 p.m. is his prime time. But, you know, you really love FaceTiming at 10 p.m. because you go to bed at 11. You're an early person. I don't know if 11's early, but he is either going to be like, okay, well, I can go now at nine. You know, if, if it's able to be done without hurting himself, he's going to do it for you because he cares about you. Like it's about what you prioritize. I, don't, I, I hope this makes sense and I hope I'm not giving some ass advice, but I always think that a constant is, when I was in every single, does, is this podcast just like showing you that I might have ADHD or something? So my, in every single relationship I've been in, I've hung out with my best friend too at the time. And my best friend is a guy. So these boyfriends and stuff would never compare. In every single situation, I remember being so quote unquote in love with my boyfriend thinking he's the one not even kidding i wrote some stupid romeo juliet shit about that and then i wrote a couple weeks later just like romeo romeo and juliet we were short-lived lol like i don't know i really thought this guy was the one (laughs) and then 
I hung out with him and my best friend. And at that time, when we were hanging out, it hit me. Wow, I have so much more fun with my best friend. I would rather hang out with my best friend. Who's the first person I go to? My best friend. I don't go to my boyfriend for any of these things because my boyfriend and I don't have that deep connection that my best friend and I have. So why would I date him when my best friend's just better? Like, I think you should be dating your best friend. I honestly do. They know you inside and out. They know your demons. They know your angels. They know the worst and the best parts of you. And through it all, they've stuck by you. So I know also losing a best friend can be hella scary though. Like I would never jeopardize a friendship over a relationship and then not have it work out type of thing. But that just gets more complicated down a different road. So we won't even, we don't even need to touch on that. Let's not even dabble our feet in that because I can make that entire next podcast episode. The amount of times, not the amount of times, but man, I, a couple years ago, I had this best friend, you know? Okay, I guess I'll, I guess I'll get a little bit into it. And whenever I hung out with him, it honestly, it felt like a movie. And it hurts me to say that we no longer are in each other's lives just because he was a really important person to me and he really shaped me in so many great ways. And he was a really, really great presence to have in my life. And, you know, even though we are not friends and even if at the end of the day I was hurt, I will always have love for him and I will always care for him and I will watch him from a distance because it hurts me, I think, if he ever did come back into my life. Because I'm one of those people that's like, if you wrong me and if you really don't, want me at this moment what who says I want you then back in the future and so he was like my best friend like I was saying at the time we did everything together and then we both kind of caught feelings and then it went downhill and then we were both like well we don't want to lose our friendship type of stupid shit because at the end of the day too much damage had already been done to ever get my best friend back and that was the worst feeling ever and you know, then we just drifted apart. So that's why I always think the fear of what ifs is not as great as the fear of, oh gosh, that, this could have been poetic if I knew what I was going to say. It's going to kill you for like the rest of your life if you let it. I always think you should just go for it because what if you did go for it? What if it ended up being great? What if this could have been the Nicholas Sparks-esque movie you could have ever wished for and ever wanted but you didn't have it because you were too scared and instead you being too scared resulted in you losing anyways because if you're scared to lose them i'm sorry you've already lost them that's my dating advice um and on to like heartbreak and moving on that was honestly my worst heartbreak it wasn't even by someone I dated. I cried in bed for three days, actually nonstop, and had a roll of toilet paper by my bedside because I ran out of tissues and I wouldn't leave my house. I, I remember even my first heartbreak when that guy told me we should stay just friends after he kissed me. I remember sobbing my eyes out in my childhood bedroom and my mom coming in and it felt, even though it's emotional, it feels so physical. I felt like my heart was actually being ripped out of my chest And it's such an awful, awful feeling that my first heartbreak is tied, actually, with the one where I was sitting in my bedroom for three consecutive days. And honestly, what's great about heartbreak, though, I hate to be that person that's like, there's a silver lining in all of this. Because it sucks. I'm not going to undermine the fact that heartbreak sucks. And nobody wants to be... Who picks to be heartbroken? Trust me. I love watching sad movies. I love listening to sad music. I love feeling... And I think the only positive side to a heartbreak 
is the fact that you are feeling because emotions make us human. That's how we are human. I actually have a tattoo that says how to be human. It's after the, <laughs> it's after the Chelsea Color album, How to Be Human. But I think that to feel is to be human. And so when people shut off their emotions, you're losing out so much. I mean, you're losing out on so much. Like the ability to connect with human beings, which I think is the most important thing of all. But in all those relationships that I ended up being the one to hurt someone else, I would always say, you know, I would rather hurt than hurt someone else. I would rather be in this relationship, be unhappy if it makes this other person happy. Like I can fake it. But then I realize, you know, that actually hurts them more in the end because you are not really in it. You are faking everything. You're also wasting their time. You're wasting your time. It's not fair to the other person. The longer you stay with them, the more you're hurting them. And so realizing that for me is what gives me the courage to always end things because I do care a lot about this person. They're one of my closest people in my life, life, lives, why I say lives, life, you know, and losing that hurts, but not as much as it would hurt them if they, you know, if you led them on, if you kept them, kept them in this relationship where you're just not happy. So that's, that's how I deal with heartbreak. I mean, I cry and surround myself with friends I just try and remember I've gone through it before and so many people have gone through it before and at the end of the day it'll be okay and I know that's stupid and I know I know that's corny but I try to have faith in knowing there's a reason why it didn't work out and even though that's cheesy again I think that you're right person if if they can't be all that you need and if they can't give you what you deserve you should let it go because you deserve so much better than settling for a half-assed relationship. It's just a part of acceptance, you know? And this leads me into the next thing, which is self-love. So, man, self-love is such a big topic. I don't even really know where to start. You can love yourself internally, but hate yourself physically. You could hate love yourself physically, but hate yourself internally. You could hate yourself both ways. You could love yourself both ways. You can love certain aspects of your life, hate other aspects, you know? I don't think that it's easy to genuinely love all parts of yourself. And I actually think that that could be a good thing. Not in a way that's, wow, you should hate yourself. You're awful, you know? You're like, blah, blah, blah. No, because I think when you find certain parts of yourself that you don't enjoy, that gives you something to grow on. That gives you something to improve. Because let's say you're 16 years old, right? And right now you're bratty. I was a little bit bratty when I was 16, probably. I think everybody was. I'm very bratty to my parents. Like, "Mm, well, I got my license. So like, why do I have to have a curfew type of thing? Meanwhile, you grow up. And if you still keep the same bratty attitude towards your parents. And you love that part of yourself, girl. Like, no. So when you grow up, you start realizing, oh, this is a part of me that I don't really like. But the beauty of it is you are you. And you get to change what you want about yourself, especially if you know that it is not who you are. So self-love can come in many forms. I think to have self-love, you have to have trust in yourself and you have to have trust in what you're doing. And I think, oh my God, sorry, I have hiccups. While that's not hard, because there's a lot of days, trust me, that I wake up and I think, damn, you are an awful person. Damn, you have no friends. (laughs) Like I just bully myself the most and it's... It goes up and down. I'll have good days. I'll have bad days. I'll struggle a lot. And then I don't know what it is. I've been struggling a lot recently. And self-love is something that I find really hard right now. 
just because I am going through probably a big growing period, like I said. So it's it's another thing where it's like a mindset shift. Instead of thinking, wow, I really hate every aspect of myself right now, I can think instead, you know, there's a lot of things I want to change about myself, so how am I going to do it? And obviously it's not going to happen overnight, but one day in a few months, you'll kind of look up, you'll realize, wow, I am really happy in my own skin. I'm really happy with how I treat people, how I look at the world, how I feel. It'll just, it's not like, it's not a simple fix. To get there, you have to have, you have to have put in the work. But self-love, I think we should all give ourselves a little break too. I think in this world today, it's hard to love yourself, especially when you compare yourself to everybody you see on the internet. You compare your life, you compare your job, you compare your friends, you compare your family. I That's one thing that I do want to talk about too that we'll transition to, I guess, is social media. And I actually grew up not really having much social media. I got my first iPhone in eighth grade, which I know you might be thinking, that's so early, Vanessa. But everybody in sixth grade was pull, pull, like, they, everyone had iPhone 5s or whatever. And I just showed up with my iPod Touch using my mom's, like, email or something like that. And my friends would literally FaceTime me off of my mom's phone. That's how it would work. And I didn't really have any social media. For someone who's on social media now a lot today... <laughs> I started my YouTube channel in junior year of high school, and I think that social media has always been a highlight reel, and I will stand by this, and I stand by the fact that social media can be very, very toxic, but I also stand by the fact that it is based purely on how we use it, like so many things. Let's let's just use a hammer, for example. A hammer could be a great tool. You know, you want to nail up that new painting. You want to, what else do you do with a hammer? Remove a nail. That's it. Okay, but a hammer can be useful. A hammer can also be dangerous. A hammer you could chuck at someone's head. A hammer you could give someone, what, a flat tire? I don't know. You know, you can, okay, you can cause damage with a hammer, but you can also use it for good. That's exactly how I think social media is. But on the other hand, not everyone carries a hammer with them, but everybody has social media. And it, there's become this very big obsession, I think, with how you present yourself online. And I've gone through so many random spurs in the moment breakdowns recently over social media. Just because on Instagram, I'll look through my feed and I will look at a photo and I'll be like, why the hell did I post that? What intention did I have posting that? Because I know for a damn fact, Vanessa, you cried earlier that day because you thought you were ugly. So what is the point of posting this photo saying... Like, oh, it's such a beautiful day when you know damn well that that is not how your day went. And why should you need to lie about it to other people, especially younger girls or, you know, anybody, anybody. They don't have to be younger. They don't have to be older. They just like, oh, I guess they will be younger or older at the end of the day. But I don't get why everybody on social media, including me, feels this need to just present themselves as this idealized version of themselves Because I think it is so surface level. No one can scroll through my Instagram and be like, oh, I know this girl down to a T. You know what I mean? And I'll meet a lot of people who actually have based me off my Instagram. They'll go, wow, you're actually really nice. I thought you'd be such a bitch. I'm like, what? What? Huh? They say, oh, like based off your Instagrams, why are you basing your first impression of me before you even met me off of digital photos online? And I know it sounds very much stupid to even think this because it's social media it should never be that big of a deal 
But now social media such as TikTok and all these things can also be very, very damaging. I always tell people, if social media was not my job, I probably would not have it. Because even though it can be used for good, it's harder to be on it when you, even though that's how you use it, like let's say you are using your hammer for good, there could be a people around you swinging their freaking hammers trying to kill you. It's hard to be in an environment where there's people with, who don't have the same intentions as you. And so it, it gets really hard to be on social media. And it's also very addicting to be on social media. And TikTok, TikTok, first of all, has shortened my attention span by so fast. Second of all, has really, it's made, I think, our generation very competitive with each other in a way that you see all these idealized lifestyles and all these, you know, glamorous things. And it's what you want, but it, that's not real. <laughs> I wish I could emphasize this in, like more but social media is not real it is not real like I want to keep repeating that so you remember the next time you're scrolling on Instagram and you start feeling shitty about yourself because this person got a new Tesla this person just like posted a bikini photo this person you know like eh, people photoshop is that a surprise I hope not people photoshop people edit People crop. People use the best angles, the best lighting. Sorry, I have another hiccup. The best filters because they want everyone to see them in the best light. And it's understandable. I mean, who would want to show themselves in their worst form? Nobody. I don't like nobody. So social media can become a very big, hard thing to navigate. And especially with TikTok, like I was saying, it just, the algorithm scares me. I'm not going to lie. You know, when I was in recovery from my eating disorder, I would watch one video about a girl restricting and her what I eat in a days would be so fucking toxic, bro. And I'd scroll. Well, I'd watch it long enough for TikTok to pick up on the fact that I love this content for some reason, but I, I, I shouldn't have, but my brain loved it at the moment. And I'd scroll, another one would pop up. I'd just watch it, you know? Then TikTok started picking up, oh, she, she likes these videos. Let's just show her more. And that was really harmful for my um recovery journey and also it's it's just a lot so social media should be taken lightly that's all i got to say about that next i do want to touch on anxiety and depression so for me personally i would never diagnose myself formally with either of these because these are very Serious things that I don't want to claim I have unless I know I have. I will say, though, I've experienced times where I have been extremely, extremely anxious. And it all started in college. Like, before, I think, you know, everyone would get their heart racing a bit. But that is not the same freaking thing as having anxiety. So, I would start getting really anxious, though, in college. I mean, my hands would start shaking out of nowhere. And I was like, I need to breathe, but I can't breathe. And so, I like to just take a moment tell myself to breathe, which I know you're like, Vanessa, that's a normally body, bodily function. You have to remind yourself to, yes, I do actually, (laughs) you know, deep breaths in, deep breaths out. And recently, for some reason, I've been struggling with this. (coughs) Sorry, I have a cough. I've been struggling with this so much where I've just been like, man, there's so many negative things going on in my life right now. And I've been focusing so heavily on the negatives. And I'm not saying I don't anymore because I trust me, I still do. But it's another thing where it's like, I have to train my mind not to. I have to think, okay, 
this might be going on in my life right now. This might also suck. And yes, I do cry all the time, you guys. Oh my god, the other day, my friends and I went to San Diego. And it was supposed to be a fun girls trip, you know. We went over to Sunset Cliffs. We were sitting. And I have no fear of heights at all. So I go to sit kind of on the ledge. I'm just by myself. My friends have a fear of heights. So they are kind of just chilling, making TikToks, you know. And I'm just sitting there. Immediately, I start bawling my eyes out. Because I do overwhelm myself a lot. I think, you know, I've... I've got a lot on my plate, so do a lot of us, and a lot of times it does get overwhelming, and that's not to say you shouldn't feel overwhelmed, I'm not saying you shouldn't feel how you feel, because you are allowed to feel however you feel, I always tell people this, your feelings are always valid, if someone tries to tell you you're wrong about the way you feel, how can you be wrong about the way you feel, it's your emotions, there's no right and there's no wrong to how you feel, it's just how you feel, so don't let anyone invalidate how you feel, if you get anxious or if you get really upset over certain things you're not wrong for that you're allowed to feel how you feel I don't even know how else I can explain it It, it, it's really hard especially when you get in a rut and for me I'm speaking on my own experience because again I don't ever want to self-diagnose myself I've gone through extended periods of just pure sadness (laughs) and it's to the point where waking up it feels like a chore the day feels like a chore all the things that I have to do. I just don't want to, like, there's too many hours in a day, you know? And then there's other times where I'm so excited to be alive and I'm so excited to do all these things. But I feel both. As a human, I feel both. Honestly, the best part for me, the only advice I can really speak on on any of this is to have people surrounding you that love you and will be a shoulder for you to cry on and will understand that sometimes you do need space. And sometimes... You, sometimes you don't want to talk. Sometimes you just need their company. You just want someone to listen to you. You just want someone, you just want a, you just want a body to hold, you know? And it's someone that means something to you. And that's, that's all you can barely be for a person. And so if you have any friends who are struggling with anxiety or depression, or even both, understand that it's not easy for them and understand that the best thing you can be is a person in their life who loves them. And a person in their life who is there for them unconditionally and will support them and will be there for them in their ups and their downs and will be understanding. Because a lot of times when I'm going through ruts, I do things and I act in ways that I don't mean to. And I don't mean to lash out on this person. I don't mean to hurt this person. I don't mean to say these things that I don't mean. The best part is having people who love you and surround you. Next, again, is how to motivate yourself. Because... Motivation's hard. It's hard. When you think about all these things in life that you really want to deal with, and I'm 19 and I'm thinking about, you know, future job, future financial stability. Will I ever get married? Will I ever have kids? Will I die alone? I I know it sounds stupid, but there's a lot that I think about in the future. I think a lot about the future, actually. And it's completely normal to feel completely lost in life. That's something that I realized in college is nobody around me knows what the heck they want to do. And if you do, I am so happy for you because that is, I don't mean it in a sarcastic way. I am genuinely really happy for you because finding out your passion and your path and exactly what you, like knowing exactly what you want to do in life and knowing that it provides you stability yet it also provides you happiness. That is a rare thing for someone's passion to also be aligned with their job. And a lot of people end up having to work jobs that, you know, don't contribute to their happiness. That is also one of my biggest fears. I don't want to end up having to wake up and do something that I absolutely hate doing for hours and hours a day. 
I don't want that to be what life is because I don't think that is what life is. And I know that's not realistic for a lot of people. So that's another thing I struggle with too. Um, I find small things, I think, like cleaning my apartment, talking to my friends, going to the gym, and it's hard some days. Just the bottom line is you have to force yourself. And even me saying this right now, I don't even have much to back up because right now I'm going through a phase where I'm so unmotivated. And I've, I've given advice on the past on how to be motivated. And girl, right now I can't even take my own advice. And I just have to keep reminding myself that it's okay to go through periods of time where you don't know what the hell you're doing. Because that's a part of life. I And I, I know it's a stupid bottom line. is That's just how the life goes. That's how life goes. Is You're supposed to feel confused and lost and scared and all these things. But no, it's normal to feel these. You shouldn't always feel them, though. There's always supposed to be an upside. The bigger the recession, you know what always follows a recession, guys? Expansion. So that's something I learned in econ that will always stick with me. And now here's the last thing I want to touch on in today's short little episode is just being alone versus being lonely. So some backstory about me, if you don't know who I am, I went to college for a year and a quarter at UCSB, and then I decided to take a gap quarter off, which turned into a gap year, which turned into a I dropped out. And I do get a little bit overwhelmed now because I mean, as people change, our passions change. And YouTube is what allowed me to enter that space. But recently I've been feeling very unpassionate about making videos and uncertain too about what I want to make and what I want to do in my life and what am I really passionate about. And I'm trying out all these new things. I mean, like 20 minutes ago, I was literally doing my realtor classes because now I'm going to be a realtor or something. But then another part of me also wants to become a journal not journalist another part of me wants to become a writer another person part of me wants to become a teacher Uh, there's a lot of things and the beauty is that I'm young and I have time to do it I have time to figure it out oh wait why I was like why did I go on this tangent so I'm yeah I'm 19 years old and I dropped out of college and I spent a lot of my time in the city alone because I did move all the way across the country and start a whole new life which is very scary but also I think I learned the art of enjoying being alone Because I'd rather spend my time by myself, learn myself, than be surrounded by people who drained my energy, which is what I did a lot of in college. In college, I didn't care who I was surrounded by. I just wanted to be surrounded by anybody at all, so I wouldn't feel alone. But that, in turn, made me even lonelier. Are we surprised? And now in the city, I do spend all my time alone. And a lot of people here, when I came back home to California, are telling me, girl, I think you're lonely. And I've been thinking about it. And I don't exactly know how, tr- how right they are. I think there is some truth to it. I think I do get a little bit lonely at times. But I also think that I just really do enjoy being alone. But I don't know if that's a little bit sad. Because then I try and think, well, do I actually really enjoy being alone? Or am I just isolating myself from the world? And there goes my overthinking again. So my biggest task for me, I guess, right now, mentally is to not overthink things and overcomplicate things because I have a really big tendency of doing that and I hate that. I hate that so much. I wish things could be simple and then I just make everything complicated because I think life's complicated. Sorry to people who think it's simple. I think it's complicated. I guess that's me talking about my first episode. I really don't even know how entertaining this was. My brain just feels like mush after doing work all day. Um, What I do want to tell you guys is that you are never alone in this universe. I know you might feel you're alone and I know you might feel like your friends don't like you or you're suffering through a bad heartbreak at this time. Think about all the things that you thought you'd never survive from before. 
Think about all the times that you really thought, wow, this, <laughs> I'm at my lowest. And think about how that wasn't it. Either things got better or things got worse. That's just a part of life. I'm still searching for the certain moments in life that make it really beautiful. And I know there's going to be more of them. And that's what keeps me going. Until next time, I guess. Trust the process. Go with your gut and hear your heart. I love you guys. Thank you for listening.